Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 146 of the podcast, Ask Scanner School number 25, where I answer your questions. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Buzz Gold, Chris Parrish, Craig Harper, Dan, Ed Walsh, Eddie Kay, Edward Dufour, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Michael Kroger, Paul Thiel, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 146, Ask Scanner School, volume 25. Hey, everyone. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. Now, if this is your first week joining us for class or your weekly listener, let me just say welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we are answering your questions right here on the podcast. And if you're catching us live on the day this podcast releases, which would be the first Tuesday of October 2020, you can also catch us tonight on both YouTube and Facebook. We'll be answering even more questions and maybe even doing a couple of screen shares. So be sure to check us out over there. Now, again, you can go scannerschool.com slash YouTube or even scannerschool.com slash Facebook will take you over to one or the other groups. Now, again, if you are a, a Patreon extra credit or $5 a month member, you'll also be able to join us not only for the Q&A session, but also for a roundtable discussion, a special Q&A session, et cetera, et cetera, with you guys that last for another 45 minutes or so after the live Q&A session ends. So if you haven't yet joined us over there at Patreon, you can go to scannerschool.com slash support or even scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Now, again, if you're a subscriber over there at Patreon, make sure you check the bulletin board for this month's Zoom meeting for the meeting tonight. All right. So how do you ask a question to be answered here on Ask Scanner School? Well, you have a couple of different ways, and they all are pretty much outlined for you at scannerschool.com slash ask. The best ways are to leave me a voicemail. We've got two options for that. You can go ahead and click on the SpeakPipe link, which means you can just use your microphone in your computer, your tablet, your phone, etc., to leave us a voicemail, and we can play that right back here on the podcast. 
If you like to smash some buttons and you will make a phone call, you can leave us a voicemail on our local U.S. number, which is 516-308-2885. Now, again, all this information is laid out for you at scannerschool.com slash ask. But the trick here is if you leave me a voicemail, you are in the running for a free one-hour tutoring session. Now, if you prefer to leave me a voicemail or some other type of text, you can do so. Again, there's a form you can fill out over at scannerschool.com slash ask where you can submit your question. Or if you get any emails from me, like if you sign up for my email newsletter, I'll reach out to you and send you a welcome notice and ask you there if you have any questions as well. And you can respond to them. And I try my best to answer them live, but most of them are tabled for a answer over here on the podcast. Although I do read all the emails that come in. so. Let's jump right into our very first and only question that came in via voicemail this month. So, Jim, I'm going to hand it over to you. I'm going to say congratulations on uh, automatically winning this week's or this month's Ask Scan School free tutoring session. Jim, go ahead. Hi, Phil. Jim Heinrich here. My question has to do with a preamp or an amplifier in my scanner shack. I have a disc cone antenna in the attic of my house, and I run coax down through the wall into a amplifier, and then I run splitters off of the amplifier to feed my base scanners. I seem to have very good results with it, but I wonder, what am I doing right or wrong by using that? Is there a better alternative? Am I only getting a little bit of gain by using that? I'm interested to know how I can make my reception as best as possible. Thank you. Jim, that's a really great question. And I think when you say you want to make your setup as best as possible, I think this changes for what your situation actually is. So if you're in an area where you have an HOA or a homeowners association, you're in an apartment area or something where you cannot put an antenna outside, putting an antenna in the attic would be the best place for that antenna for that situation. Now, if you do have the ability to put an antenna outdoors, that is the best way to do it, right? And the higher, the better. Now, I'm saying you need to put a tower outside in your backyard or something like that, but five, 10-foot mass, something on the highest peak of the house is usually the best idea that you can do off the chimney and those kinds of things. Now, don't think I'm picking apart what it is you're telling me here. I think that everybody's setup is probably the best for what they can do. Either it, Again, it, it falls under how comfortable you are with installing the hardware, what your limitations are as far as real estate and location, budget constraints, right? And, and again, a lot of us will start somewhere. When I started with the scanning in my house after I moved in, your setup was pretty much identical to what I had and still have set up here as a fallback antenna. I have a discount antenna that is standing on the floor in my attic. I have cringe here, RG6 coax that I ran from the antenna through the down. I just basically followed the vent pipe for the for the um, the plumbing stack, right? Because there's a gap in the wall there, so I was able to fish the RG6 down through there into the basement. I ran it over with my scanner. I plugged it into a preamp, and then it went to a splitter, and then it went out to the scanners. So there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you have to deal with. But over a couple of years, I've cleaned things up and learn some things along the way. And I'm going to tell you what, what some of those things are right here, right now. So the first thing we want to do is we want to put the antenna outside, right? If we can't do that, that's that's fine. 
your coax though is really where you want to invest the most amount of money because good coax is going to save you the signal and bad coax is going to attenuate the signal and really give you a lot of loss and, and coax loss is measured over per 100 feet so the longer your run is as well the more loss you're going to have in coax it's um think about it like as far as running water through a hose kind of thing right the more constricted the hose is you know the harder it's going to be to get that water down through the through the hose i've compared resistance in the past to like <laughs> when uh you have hair stuck in a in a shower drain right i mean there's, there's been times when you the water slows down and you snake out and all of a sudden cousin it comes pulling out of the uh, the shower drain and, and again you know once you open that up and the water flows through think of that as your coax right the better the coax the, the better that that the water can drain out the more water can go through less resistance and we're going way off in the wrong path here but that's that's the thing I I, I recommend coax is is really where you want to spend the money if you can do so LMR 400 is what I recommend and it's not cheap you're looking about a dollar a foot here now let's go back up to your antenna if we can put it outside we want to put it outside if we're going to put a preamp in there we're going to want to put the preamp at the antenna the reason why we want to put the preamp at the antenna is because we want to make sure that we are amplifying or we're adding gain at the antenna we don't want to add gain at the end of the coax run because all the noise and all of the loss and everything else that's in that line is now going to be amplified. So we're going to take signal from the antenna, we're going to lose some of that through the coax, and we're going to re-amplify that at the bottom with the preamp. You're going to amplify a bunch of noise. So what you really want to do is you want to make sure that at the antenna, that's where your gain is. And that's where you're going to push even more down that coax. So if you do have any losses, you're already starting with more at the top. Okay. The next thing you want to look at is how we're going to split that signal. Because you said you're splitting it across multiple scanners. Now, I talked about preamplifiers in episode 29 of the podcast. I talked about coax in session 30, antennas in 28. You can see the, you can see the pattern here, right? And I even talked about multi-couplers in session 33. But we're going to revisit that segment in the next couple of weeks here. We're going to call that one splitting your antenna because I'm going to re I want to revisit that because not everybody understands that multi-couplers is, is exactly that. So what do you recommend here? Now, if you're going to split the antennas up, I don't think it's a good idea to use T's or cable TV splitters because cable TV splitters, while they may coverage, cover the frequency band enough, there's loss in there. If you look at the sticker on it, right, if you've got a, a, a two-way two splitter, you've got 3 dB loss. If you have any more than that, it's usually 6 to 9, even even higher than that. Or you have a couple of 3 dB losses and, and a couple 6s on there. So there's going to be loss if you use cable TV splitters. If you use an active multi-coupler, though, an active multi-coupler will allow you to split the signals, isolate each scanner, and it will even bring in the it'll bring the back the gain that you lose from splitting the signal. It's not necessarily a preamp, but it lets you overcome the loss there. And finally, your jumpers. Keep those jumpers as short as possible. You don't need LMR 400. You just need some quality coax here with 50 ohm of impedance on it. Now, can you use RG6 here? Uh, I'm not going to complain. All right, if it's small enough. Typically, I like to go right with rg58 if i can it's a short run 58 is really not great coax but if you're going to put like a six six inch jumper three foot jumper that's not large enough for you to have too much loss in there 
Those are fine. That's why they're jumpers. They're just long enough to get you to where you have to get. So let's summarize the answer really quick for you here. The way I would really optimize a setup. Again, barring any type of restrictions here. Antennas outdoors as high as you can as you can get it comfortably, safely. Okay. If you need a preamp, you're gonna put a preamp at the top at where basically between the antenna and the coax. Forgot to add in here too. You're gonna need to put in a, a bias T or a power injector so you can power up that preamp. Then you'll run your coax. Then you'll put another bias T at the bottom or power injector and you'll insert in your 12 volts, whatever it is that needs to be powered up to that bias, uh, to that preamp. Hey, make sure when you insert these bias T's, you look at them and make sure you know which way the power is going. You want the power to go to the radios. You want to go up to the preamp. Then your multi-coupler. Then from your multi-coupler to your scanners. Look, if you can't put the preamp up top, if you got to put the bottom, that's great. It's fine. It all within your limitations, okay? And again, this is a hobby. Feel free to tweak things and make things better or change things up to experiment. I mean, when I started playing around with preamps, I found out they didn't work well for me. I also found out too when I swapped up my antenna, I'm not thrilled with it. I want to go back to my discount, okay? So there's things that you learn. It's a hobby. It's it's fun. This would be the way that I would I would design if I was going to do it. But again, we all have our own type of limitations we have to deal with. So again, I don't know if that's what was is, is what you have yours in the, in the attic for. But again, what works best for you is great. Now, again, you may have a situation too where you've got too much RF. A preamp may not work well for you, especially if you put it outside by the tower. If you're too close to a cell site, if you're too close to an FM transmitter, if you're too close to anything else that transmits, like New York City or if you, something like that, you just got a high RF, noisy RF environment, a preamp can kill your reception. It will overload these scanners. So be careful when you use a preamp. That's what makes it so great having the uh, bias T at the bottom or the injector at the bottom or even, you know, you can, you can turn off that preamp if you need to. All right. So hopefully we answered that question. Jim, we could talk about this definitely more detail. If uh, you want to schedule up a tutoring call, we'll reach out to you and let you know how to do that one. And uh, thank you also very much for everything else. Jim, thanks again. And now we'll move on to our next question. Okay, our next question comes in from Kelsey. Kelsey says, I live in Texas and I'm looking for a scanner that will allow us to monitor the... Aransas County Sheriff's Department, the Rockport Police Department, and the fire emergency services along with the weather. I prefer a home-based unit, possibly with Wi-Fi, so that I can listen via phones through the scanner while away from the scanner's location. What would you recommend? All right, so this one has a lot going in and out of it in different directions. You did drop Wi-Fi, which... Push me immediately into one scanner, which would be the BCD536HP, because it comes with a Wi-Fi puck. But this may only work well for you while you're in your house. So let's just back up a bit here. Let's look at the zip code you gave me here in Texas, which I didn't announce over the air. We'll go to Aransas County in Texas, take a quick look, and see what it would be that we would need in order to monitor in your area. So the very first thing I am doing here is I am going over to Radio Reference. And I'm clicking at the top, which is into the database. I'm going to Texas. Now, I can use the map or I can actually use the drop-down list for the counties, which I'm going to do because 
I have no idea where your county physically is located. So when I am looking through here, I can immediately notice at the top of the screen or in the, in the body of this, it's very, very, very small here as far as what you have to work with. There is a four-county coastal bent interoperable system, which is an EDAX standard network. You've got some analog stuff, which is Sheriff's Department, Fire Central, North, South, and EMS Dispatch. You've also got Rockport Police and Rockport Fire, which are all on analog. Okay, you've also got Aronsas Pass, which is also conventional. It's analog, and it's also on VHF. They have police dispatch and a fire repeater, so I don't know if you're looking for that as well. But let's take a look at this EDAX trunk system here. This is a four-county EDAX system. You've got uh, several counties in here, and you've got one site in actually located in Rockport, which is great. That's it's perfect for you. So you've got a couple of mutual-aided interoperable talk groups in here. You've got commons. You've got EMS mutuals. You've got some intercities, command safety liaisons, law enforcement, and that kind of thing. You also have some dynamic talk groups as well. But really, we just jump right down to this Aaron Sass County's talk group. You've only got three here. Rockport PD VHF, Aransas Sheriff's Office VHF, and Aransas Fire EMS VHF, which tells me or leads me to believe that these are just simulcasts of the VHF frequencies over the EDAC system. So if that's the case, you can get any cheap handheld analog scanner that will work for you. Now, I, know, I know you wanted a desktop, but hear me out here. You can get the Uniden SR30C for under 100 bucks. Wouldn't recommend it. I would definitely say go into the BC125 AT. That's where you really want to start. You look about $110, $120 for that scanner. 500 channels, handheld, works on a couple of AA batteries, nice screen on it, and that should get you the analog conventional stuff. Now, I'm not going to roll the dice on that one, though, because I do see you have EDAX here, and maybe you do want to monitor some of these common talk groups, and maybe you want to have the Aransas County talk groups as a back, as a fallback. So, with that said, I would recommend a desktop scanner for you, and I would recommend the Uniden BC 15XT, or it might even be the Uniden BC T15X. I forget how Uniden runs with the numbers of the 15. It's a little bit different than, than common. But that scanner will, again, be a desktop, which is what you're looking for. It will allow you to do EDAX, which is what this system also has on it, and we'll do analog. You have no digital to worry about. You've got no P25, no simulcast, no DMR, no NXDN. You're lucky. I'm jealous. You have a very simple setup over here to have to work with. Now, your trick here, though, and, and your wild card that you're looking for is being able to stream your scanner to your iPhone. Now, the Uniden BCD536HP has a Wi-Fi dongle that comes with it. I believe this is too much scanner for your area. But if you're looking for ease of use, you might want to go this route. It's going to cost you a couple hundred dollars, though, for this type of radio. However, if you don't attach that to your local network and you take your scanner off of the local Wi-Fi in your home you can bridge the connection from your scanner to your iPhone. You have to use a Siren app, and the Siren app is a sore, sore subject with many that were part of the Uniden camp at the time. The Siren app was developed for the Home Patrol models, the 536, 
It's supposed to allow you to use your scanner and stream your scanner to your phone, Android and iPhone. They only developed an iPhone version of this, meaning that anybody here who bought the scanner who had an Android phone was up in arms. I don't believe that Siren was even developed beyond the initial release. So whether or not it's going to be available for use in iOS 14, 15, beyond, who knows? Okay. Let's just consider that a bonus here, that if we actually were able to use it and it still works, that's a bonus. If you connect your 536 to your Wi-Fi network at home, then, of course, you can use your iPhone on your home network and just connect to it using Siren as well. Roundabout ways of setting this up is you can use software like ProScan, which I would recommend. Now, ProScan will allow you to talk to the BCT15X, or the BC15XT, whatever it's called, and you would need to run a serial cable or the USB cable to your computer so you can see the display. You need to run a patch cable from the audio output of the scanner into the input of the computer. You would use ProScan then to set up a live web page, and you can stream the audio and also know what channel your scanner is on while you are in your house. If you wanted to do this from outside the house, you would need to set up a port forward on your scanner, or I'm sorry, your port forward on your on your router, and then point it to your computer, and if the IP address ever changes, it could be a bit of a headache, but it is possible to do. Probably an easier way to do so, and you're going to lose the alpha tag process on this, though, is just to set up a private Zello channel for yourself. It's probably the easiest way to do this. On your Windows computer, you can install the Zello app, create a channel, then you plug your scanner's speaker output to the line input of your, of your computer. You set the Zello app to run in Vox mode, which means every time audio comes across the input, it keys up the microphone, and then that streams out to the Zello app. Then on your iPhone, your Android phone, wherever else, you connect to your private Zello channel, and then you can stream your own scanner to the internet. So, again, I am very jealous here. You have analog, conventional. You've got very small EDAX talk groups to worry about here. You don't have DMR, P25, simulcast, NXDN. That's easy. A BCT15 should cost you about 150 bucks, as opposed to 350 for the next model up, 450 for the model after that up, and 650 for the SDS200. You got off easy. Your only trick here is to get it streaming to the internet, which, again, you're going to need to have a third-party piece of software. Best of luck, Kelsey. Thank you for asking your question. And uh, if you have any follow-ups, please let me know. I'll be more than happy to help you through this one. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. 
This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Radio user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do toneouts. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com. Dot com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Keith is asking, do you have a scanner that can do P25, Phase 1 and 2, and an XDN at the same time? So a scanner that is set up for P25 and NXDN, you're really going to be able to monitor one thing at one time, right? So whatever signal is coming into the scanner is what the scanner is going to let you listen to, right? There aren't scanners on the market that allow you to monitor multiple channels or multiple frequencies at the same time. That's when you start wanting to start going to SDRs and stuff like that. So can you have a scanner that does NXDN and P25 phase one and phase two? Yes, you can. The BCD... 996P2, the BCD536HP, the BCD436HP, the SDS100 and SDS200 all have the ability to allow you to add NXDN as a paid upgrade into your scanner. 
Now, the Whistler TRX-1 and TRX-2 allow you to listen to NXDN out of the box. However, they don't trunk NXDN. They basically just scan through the channels and do some internal stuff to make it seem like it's trunking, but it's not. Hey, whatever works. So those are a couple of options for you. So it's all a matter of what it is that you're looking for. Now, do you need to worry about simulcasts, right? Simulcast is basically where you have multiple transmitter locations that key up as a single site, right? Now, again, let's let's forget what we know about sites here. A P25 site, when you look at radio reference, is not one location. A site is made up of multiple transmitter locations or one transmitter location. These, as a pool, are called a site. If you've got one transmitter location, that would not be simulcast. If you have two or more transmitter locations keying up at the exact same time with the same information, that's when it becomes simulcast. And that's when you have issues with reception on scanners like the 436, the 536, the 996, the P325, uh, the 325, the TRX-1 and the TRX-2. Unless you can limit the simulcast, you're going to have a bad time, all right, to, to take that South Park ski, ski instructor meme. So what would I recommend? It all depends on anything that you need to wear a simulcast. But to get through the door, to answer your question, because this is the only information that you've asked and, and the information I can answer for you is, Yes, scanners are out there in the wild that will do P25 Phase 1 and Phase 2 and NXDN. Now, again, Whistler will do it without any paid upgrades on the TRX-1 and the TRX-2. The BCD-325P2, 996P2, HP-436, I'm sorry, the BCD-436HP, BCD-536HP, and the SDS-100 and 200 will all do Phase 1 and Phase 2 P25. and a paid upgrade on those for NXDN. Keith, thank you so much for your question. And if you have any other follow-ups with this one, just drop me a line and we'll be sure to answer those. All right, let's go into our last question for the month. Okay, this one comes in from Chris. Now, Chris is over in Ontario, right across from Detroit. So he lives on Lake St. Clair. So he gets a lot of U.S. stations from across the lake. And he's particularly interested in marine traffic as well as the Ontario Providential Police. They use the Bell Fleetnet system. So he says he's already listened to early podcast sessions 6 and 12, and those are about basic scanner reviews and trunk track of three scanner reviews. So Chris goes on to say he definitely likes the BC-125AT, but he gets import tax over there in Canada. And when you look at the prices, I'm just paraphrasing here basically what, what, what Chris is saying is, right, the more money a scanner costs in the U.S., the more that it costs him in Canada thanks to import and, and, and duty and everything else. So a, a 125 basically in Canada is is around $175, whereas here it's like 110 So he's kind of looking at, and again, I'm paraphrasing his question here a little bit, is that he wants to buy something that's digital trunking. And he's looking at a Whistler WS1065 for $25 more, basically, than his 125AT that, that he's playing around with. So his basically his question is, long story short, would I recommend spending the extra $25 in getting the Whistler 1065 or going with the handheld, the 125? So, Chris, we got to stop right here. We got to look at a couple of things. 
for $25 difference, if you don't mind that one is a desktop and one is a mobile, I mean, so one's a desktop and one is a handheld, spend the extra $25. Go for the Whistler 1065. You're going to get Motorola trunking, you're going to get EDAX trunking, you can get Phase 1P25 trunking in this scanner. You can get a nice bassy speaker, okay? It's it's so worth it to get the Whistler scanner in this situation that I, I, I wholeheartedly recommend it for the $25 price difference. Go for the Whistler. Now, what we have to look at, though, is whether or not Phase 1 is going to do you any favors up in Canada where you are. So, again, what we're going to do, we're going to go to the radio reference database and we're going to change our country to Canada, which is always for me a cool thing to do. And we're going to jump into Ontario. From there, we're going to go into where you are and see what systems are there. When I look at the Bellfleet Ontario Provincial Government Zone, I know I'm goofing up that word. For some reason, I can't say it and I'm tired of taking takes on that one. <laughs> oh, my editor must be having a fun time with this one. But there's several sites when it comes to this. Okay, there's, there's a whole ton of them here. Now, this is basically a Motorola Type 2 smart zone system with digital talk groups on it and analog talk groups on it as well. But here's the great part. If you get the Whistler 1065, you'll be able to monitor all of these in here. Anything, it's not encrypted, by the way. So what, what are some things you can monitor? Interagency and common mutually talk groups. OPP West Regions, OPP Central Regions, OPP Highway, OPP Tactical, Wide Area Talk Groups, and you're not going to be able to listen to intelligence services at all. But you got Ontario Fire Marshals are analog, but MTO enforcements end up being digital again. So there's plenty of stuff in here, and the list keeps on going as well. I would, I would wholeheartedly suggest the $25 difference you're going to love the Whistler 1065. I've got one. It's a great radio. I love the way the volume sounds on it. It's nice and bassy. It programs very simply because it's an object-oriented scanner. Now, object-oriented scanner is a beast on its own. I think it's a much easier layout and ability to, to program these, I think, is much better. And it also gives you V-scanners as well in there. So I would recommend listening to podcast session 136 followed by 140 when it comes to learning how to use Whistler's object-oriented scanning and also their V-scanners. I've said it probably five or six times already, so I'm not going to say any more. What I will say is let me know how you enjoy your new Whistler scanner. <laughs> okay, guys, that's that. Chris, thank you so much for asking your question. And again, if you end up with whatever scan you end up with, let me know. I would love to hear how well that worked out for you. Okay, so how do we do? Let me know. Drop me a line. Leave a comment in the session notes at scannerschool.com slash session 146. Now, again, if you listen to this live right now, when it releases the first Tuesday of the month, don't forget to join us on our YouTube and Facebook live session tonight. Again, details are at scannerschool.com slash live or even in the newsletter that comes out, and also a plaster all over our social media. But really, the best thing to do is just go to scannerschool.com slash YouTube, and make sure you click on the bell and subscribe. This way you know when we go live every single month. If you have a question for Scanner School, and you want your question answered here, and you want to try winning a free tutoring session, please go to scannerschool.com slash ask, and submit a voicemail 
question for us and we'll put you in a running for our free tutoring sessions. If you want a tutoring session on your own, you go to scannerschool.com slash consulting and you can just hire me right for the hour. It's very affordable, very cheap. I've been doing it quite a bit. I sit down on Zoom with you and we do a screen share and I can walk you through whatever it is that you see on your screen. It's a great way. And I think a lot of people now have more couple doing Zoom than any, any other time now because of this whole COVID thing. So it's a great way to share information. So again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Take out your podcast player. Click subscribe. Share this podcast with somebody in the Scanner Radio community. It's the best way to make this podcast grow. And if you like it, share us. Leave us a review. And with that, I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. Maybe I'll see you guys tonight. This is Scanner School. We answer every single one of your Scanner Radio questions. We'll catch you all next week. 73 of one.